Welcome back to D-Bad, the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Ian Thompson. I'm Alex King. Welcome back. So this is episode nine. So if you've stuck with us for nine episodes, congratulations. Well done. Um, we're just going to, before we jump into today's topic, we thought we'd just kind of introduce ourselves because we do have a new co-host, Alex King, who you've just heard mm-hmm. from. And Hello. along with old hats, Ian Thompson and I. So, I don't know. Who, who wants to explain? How do we know each other? I know you guys from Eskimo Soup. I've known John for, was it seven years now, John? Something like that. Yeah, I started off um, doing my apprenticeship in admin and business, and that was with Eskimo Soup about seven years ago. Yeah, so there's basically where we work, we've got... Um, Eskimo Soup upstairs, and we've got Storyboard Media that I run uh, with John downstairs. And, and, but we work quite closely together anyway, don't we? So mm, Alex has only yeah. had to put up with me now for just over a year. She's known John for seven years, so I imagine she thinks John's a bigger dickhead. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe I've managed to like, go through seven years of dickheadery in the last like, 14 months. Yeah, it's, it's the depth of dickheadery, not, not the quantity that it's counts. It's not, it's not. <laughs> Quality over quantity. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we, this is something that we've been talking about doing for quite a while. On a previous podcast that Ian and I did, The Marketing Brainstorm, we talked about how we could try to modify behaviour for people online. And we didn't think that Be Kind quite cut it. And this was before Be Kind was a thing, by the way. Um, and actually, we need to be more direct and tell people... Um, not to be a dickhead but we've been exploring over the episodes what we actually mean by this we don't mean to be belittling people we don't mean to be self-righteous we do mean to be self-righteous um but we are there just trying to help people take a moment to reflect on something that you may have done or something that you might be about to do and think does this make the world a better place or if i do this will it make me more of a dickhead okay so we have a topic for today and that topic is food. So we're talking about dickheadery around food, and we do have some contributions from our community. So before I start, what is that noise? It's me. I'm eating crisps very loudly, because <laughs> anyone who does that is a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit I of agree with you. <laughs> mm, eating, eating loudly. Do you know what's even worse? even worse than eating loudly? Eating and chomping or eating with your mouth open, yeah. But even worse than doing that is doing it while you're on the phone with someone. Imagine that. What about a Skype call? And it's right in your ear. So when you're talking about eating on the phone, is this aimed at Alex or I? It sounded like no, no, maybe we it's were. Not, it's not aimed at either of you. It's just aimed at people. Who, and, you know, various people have done it to me in my life. Um, I'm not a young man anymore. And so, you know, I've, I've had to go through a lot. And one of the things I've been through is, is people eating loudly on the phone to me. It doesn't happen very often. It's usually when you ring someone and they're, oh, I'm just about to start my dinner. I'll be all right, I'll leave you, I'll let you go. And they'll be like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you this quickly, though. Then they'll start telling you, but they'll also try and get a little bit of dinner in. And it's like, no, woman, you can either talk to me or you can eat your dinner. But you're not having both. Mm. 
So I can promise you, Ian, I've never done that to you, but I no. think you have worked out that you've caught me in the toilet before. Yes. And I have yes. finished the job. There's a certain reverb to a toilet, isn't there? Yeah, and the shuffling of papers. Oh, God. But never too loudly. Yeah. We're on the topic of food, just trying to wrestle us away from that horrific image I've just created there. Um, <laughs> have you seen any kind of dickheadery dick around, around the whole topic of food? Yeah, um, I've got quite a lot to do with I'm quite passionate about food in general. <laughs> but one thing that does really bother me is, and I think Sally, um, John's wife, brought it up as well, it's when people in restaurants um, that don't say sort of please and thank you to the waiters, this this really bothers me. I think I am slightly over. I, I maybe go a bit overboard with it and say thank you six times when someone's taken my plate away. But I don't think you can ever be too polite. And it just really bothers me if I, if I was with someone or if I overhear someone just even acknowledge that the person's there. I think that is a dickhead thing to do. That's good. Yeah, we always talk, don't we, every episode about whether something reaches um, like dickhead level. And this is something that definitely reaches dickhead level. And I think we've got there straight away. I, I don't think you can be overly thankful um, Alex, when you say like you thank people six times when they're collecting your plate and things, I don't think you can. I think it's always good to be polite to people mm. and uh, you know start a bit of bit of conversation with them, maybe a bit of small talk, chat mm. to them a bit. You know, it, there's there's no reason why you wouldn't, like you'd always chat to your work colleagues. Well, most people would anyway. Yeah. You know why not chat to them when they're at work as well? There's no problem mm. in doing that. I, I remember going out for a meal in Atlanta once with an American guy, and he like was. Like going out of his way to be rude to them. Yeah, it really, which I thought it was really like, bothers like me. T- top dickhead. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that gives you a real assessment of somebody's character. I think driving does it as well. I think the way that the way that people treat and I'm being um, I said it's in inverted commas like little people. The way that they, they, they treat the little people, if they mistreat the little people, I think it says a lot about you. Mm. And those of us that see each other as equals and actually give each other the common decency. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it shows that we are above dickheadery. Yeah. I do think you can say thank you too much, though. I must admit, I found myself in situations where I'm thinking, I'm just thanking this person for every little tiny thing that they do. Particularly if it's one of those, like, a nicer place where they just come along and start, like, adjusting things on your yeah. table that you were quite happy with where they were. <laughs> but you've still got to feel you've got to thank them. I'm like, I'm thanking you for something I didn't want you to do and that I deem completely unnecessary. <laughs> I remember once being at a, a restaurant. It was at a, like a pub kind of thing. I ordered, as I always do if it's on the menu, I ordered pie. And it, and it came, it was really nice. Like, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like wild boar or something. It was really nice. And they brought me this pie and it had like some, I think some fries or something like that on the side. And then, and then it also had a little thing of gravy. But they brought me it on a wooden slab. I was like, and it, like the waiter was there. I said, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, can I get a plate? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, can I get a plate to put this on? I said, I'll decant it onto the plate. It's no problem. But I just want a plate to, as I put it on. And he's like, oh, it comes on that board. I was like, that's absolutely fine. But I'm about to pour gravy on this. If you want to clean the table afterwards, that's fine. But the gravy's going to go everywhere. So can I have a plate? And Thank like, you. Reluctantly, he gave me a plate. I hope you did. You thank him. him. Yeah. Uh, I probably. Yeah, I imagine I did. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm a rude man. 
It also slightly bothers me as well. This is one that Pippa um, from Eskimo Soup, she brought up as well, is when you're in a, a restaurant, and obviously this can't be helped, but when you've ordered something. So I'm one that sort of pre-orders. So I'll, if I know that I'm going for something to eat the following day, I'll make sure that I've got a plan in my head of what I'm ordering. I'll look at the menu. And then when you go in, if, if they haven't got it in, and then you've got to think on the spot of what you're going to order. And then you end up just ordering something just really shit and bland and you just, that's one thing that bothers me. Obviously this can't be helped, but that is something that bothers me also. I think it can be helped. That is incredible, the amount of prep that you put in there. Yeah, when you said pre-order, I thought you meant you rang the no, restaurant No, I don't physically before, ring. I pre-order in my head. Just to check that they had the, the correct ingredients to make the dish that you and have been imagining. It could be like four days, four days in advance days. that I'm looking at you the menu in the restaurant and just weighing up my options. Imagine like waiting for days for this, what you're wanting and it's not there. It's quite upsetting. But if you did call them in advance, they could put it aside and then you'd be guaranteed that you're not going to be disappointed. Would that be a different uh, thing to do, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I'd have. Mm. No, that yeah. would just be a well-organised thing that. to do. <laughs> I think they'd think that they were getting a food critic in. Yeah, but I'm not a very good food critic because I never, if it, even if it's awful, I'll say it. Well, I mean, where do we stop with this? You could just say, I'm going to be coming in tomorrow <laughs> for a wild boar pie and I want you to serve it to me on an appropriate plate with a rimmed edge so yeah. that I don't spill gravy all over myself. <laughs> an appropriate food vehicle. <laughs> An appropriate food vehicle makes me think of like a hot dog shaped van that sells hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Mm. Okay, what else have people online been coming up with them? Well, Jan Brumby, I love in the response one. to this request, has just shot in quite a short sentence. So, this is what, what Dick Hedery based around food. And she says, anyone who champions celeriac puree. Right. I absolutely love that. I mean, I don't agree with her. I think <laughs> celeriac puree is lovely. Um, but I, I, I love the fact that she's written it and the fact that she's used the word championing. Well, I mean, how far do you have to go before you are championing something? So, for instance, is you saying, I don't agree with you, I think it's lovely, are you championing it? Would you um, consider yourself a champion of celeriac puree, Ian? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I... I, oh God, I don't know. Like, oh I, yeah, I know Ian Thompson, man of the people, champion of celeriac puree. I don't think I've ever made celeriac puree. I've made a very nice um, parsnip puree, and I've made a very nice carrot puree. I don't think I've ever done celeriac. Yeah, it, how nice were those purees? I mean, would you consider yourself nice. a champion of parsnip puree? I think the key is that you've got to season mm. them correctly, otherwise they can be bland purees. I think. Mm. So you're a champion of correctly seasoned. I think I'm um, a champion a cha of seasoning. I'm a champion of seasoning. It's crucial. Ah, but what I don't like, actually, and this is another food one, is people who then, when you've made them some food and you believe you've seasoned it properly and you've tested, you've, you've, you've tasted it and you've, you, know, you think it's all fine, you take it to the table and they absolutely destroy it with salt. We've spoken about this before, I think, Ian, and I disagree here. I feel like everybody's got their own taste, like a lot of salt. I feel like I should be allowed to put a lot of salt in my dish. Yeah, just don't get rid of the flavours I've already put in. But would you put the salt on, Alex, before you've tried it? I think I 
just usually just assume and just put a little bit of salt on it. I might try it again oh. and then add oh. extra salt. That's the That Yeah. Yeah, absolute disgrace. I think if you try it and then you think it's not salty enough for you, so you choose to add some more salt, then yeah. that's fine. But just assuming that Ian wouldn't have put a correct level of salt within the dish, he's a bit arrogant and dickhead. Maybe that's something that I need to yeah. sort of change. You see, yeah. I always try things first, and if I feel it needs a bit more seasoning, I'll give it a bit more seasoning. If, you know, if I'm in a restaurant or a, a bar or whatever and I get something and I think, yeah, I don't think that's seasoned well enough, so I'll add my own on and I think that's absolutely fine. But I think you've got to taste it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I think bastard's extreme. This isn't the okay. Don't Be a Bastard <laughs> podcast. <laughs> also, if you're going to do that, it depends on how you do it. I think it's a bit more it's a bit more to it than that. So if we accept that you should <laughs> you should taste the dish as the chef has prepared it and then modify it, you've got to be quite, I suppose, subtle about that. Because if you try it and then go, this is <laughs> yes, then... bring more seasoning. <laughs> yeah. That's that's bastardry. Oh yeah. Um, so, so I've been given this some thought. Um, I've got three things, issues I have with food. They're all quite distinct. First one, pubes. This is, what is this about? There is no place for pubes in food, right? I don't think anyone's disagreeing about that. But, well, if they're not, why are they putting so much in? I get the thing about adding more seasoning once you've tried something. I've never once eaten a dish and thought, you know what this needs? More pubes. Pass what me about the if they're well seasoned and then pubes? Like, uh, uh, if you, have you got <laughs> you got any pubes, mate? Uh, across to the uh, the waiter when they come around. <laughs> when they come around, he's like, oh, "Do you want any more condiments or do you want some pepper?" No, but I will have some pubes. Never happened. So why are so many chefs putting them in there? Well, where, where are, are you going, going to eat? Where are you eating? I find I would say that in one in four dishes, I will find a pube. Really? And I'm not talking about stuff that I've made around the house. I mean, that's one in two. But I'm talking about in public. Right. I, don't, I have no idea where you're going. Anywhere. They're just pubes. Every now and then I find a hair. Well, my definition of pube is fairly loose, so I include facial pube because okay. that's what it is. Once you hit yeah, puberty, yeah. you grow a beard. Um, so I can't guarantee that it's from the, the, like the, the groin area. Um, but they just seem to be... Yeah, honestly, I, I would say it happens one in four occasions I will find a pube within the meal. To the point where I don't even comment on it anymore. I just put it to the side of the place and feel a little bit sad. Do you, never, do you ever, like, complain about it? or? Well, I complain about it on this podcast. Do you complain so, about it but at, not the at the time? time no. No. Well, I know that, you see, some of these restaurants where they have, like... I'll tell you something that happened to me once, right? And it was the first time I went to a restaurant with a girl. Um, by the way, all my stories about going on dates are... <laughs> Also, stories about me and my wife because basically she's my first proper long-term girlfriend and we're still together. So, um, as I've mentioned this on um, previous episodes, so Sally and I went for a meal, and I just kind of was struggling to eat it because there were bits of broken glass in the food. And so after a while, I was thinking, this this is just this can't be right. I don't go to restaurants very often. I'm a very working-class kid, but I'm pretty sure that you're not supposed to have broken glass within it. So I did. Asked the waiter if they'd take a look at it. And it turns out that the broken glass was rock salt and it wasn't broken glass. Ever since then, I've been really cautious about 
any kind of complaint about wrongful ingredients. So I didn't know whether pubes were just like, I don't know, um, a form of seasoning. The rate at which I've discovered them, I'm sure they are. <laughs> but are you sure it's not like strands of saffron or something like that? <laughs> Do you know what? Next time I get one, I'm going to keep it. Do you know what I'm going to do? I mean, I can't at the moment because we're on lockdown. But once we're out of lockdown, I'm going to go around a tour of restaurants and I'm going to take a little plastic bag with me to keep samples of what I discover. And then we can put them under some kind of microscope or analysis and we'll find out um, if it is pube or saffron. Pube or saffron. It's like a, like a very low-rent game show. I'm going to avoid these places. <laughs> yeah, it does sound odd. I mean... Although, it, what, what sort of gives me pause for thought is the fact that you thought that rock salt was glass. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, bring back one of these pubes, we'll stick it in a bit of hot water, if it's called steeping it, and if the, if the hot water turns a slightly sort of reddish colour, we'll know that it's just saffron. Yeah, I think we need to... I eat in places that give me saffron. Saffron's pricey, isn't it? Not the kind yeah. of places I'm going. Well, no, clearly not if they're putting glass and pubes in your... Okay. My other issue... It's about being judged for my food choices. And this this bothered me uh, oh God, about 20 years ago now when I got my first proper job. And I'll be honest, I was quite overweight then and I did eat shit, right? But that was my prerogative. Mm. But if I went to the chippy, the, all of my colleagues would go, oh, go to the chippies. And it, it just made me feel shit about myself that I was eating this greasy bad food. Now... Okay, I was probably eating more than I should have been. But I didn't think it was their place to point that out. I knew that. And it was just like, after then, I was thinking I've like got to eat healthier um, or with less pubes in my sandwich because I just felt like I was being judged. I feel like that's a dickhead thing to do. I think there's, there's no one else's place to tell someone I think should and shouldn't eat. A grown adult can decide that for mm. themselves, I feel. And I feel that as well with sort of eating meat. And, and not eating meat. So quite recently, I, I've decided to not eat meat and become a vegetarian. That's just something that I've wanted to do for a long time. But I do feel like it is a bit of a dickhead thing to do when people either make another person feel bad for eating meat or not eating meat. Because I know that vegetarians and vegans have got they've got sort of like a a negative stereotype. I feel now that that there's like a preaching to people to not eat meat. But I think it can also be the other way around. Like people can be made to feel bad when they don't eat meat because they can be questioned on it. And I understand being interested in it, but I think that can quite easily be come across as you saying, well, why are you doing that? Like animals die all the time anyway. Like you get, you do get that sort of attitude a lot towards it. So I think everyone has their own choice of what they just want to eat. <laughs> and I just, I think it's just a bit of a dickhead thing to do just to pass comment on it personally. On that, I asked someone um, earlier about what they thought about the about food uh, dickheadery mm. and things because they don't eat a lot of meat they do not vegetarian but they don't eat a lot of meat and they'd said vegetarian food that's made to taste or to feel like meat mm. really really gets them this like if i don't eat meat if i don't like mince then why would i want to eat something that isn't mince that still feels like mince because I, mean, I hate it's not the about texture. I'm not liking meat. I've always liked the actual taste of meat. I'm a massive foodie, but it's more the actual, more the ethical side of it. So I'll still want to eat food that I enjoy. At least I don't feel guilty afterwards. But I, I do understand people. I do understand that. Yeah. But from my point of view, it's more not feeling guilt. I guess. 
Yeah. The general the general point though about getting judged for your choices that John brought up and then you mentioned with veg- mm. vegetarianism and things. Well done for doing that, by the way. <laughs> Don't agree with you, but well done. Uh, uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I I really enjoy eating um, really shit things sometimes. My favourite food ever is just a nice cheese and salad cream sandwich, maybe with a bit of cucumber in. Mm. And I could quite happily eat that for all three meals a day. And yeah, I often feel that people judge me for it slightly. Um, yeah. When um, when 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 I overeat cheese and sour cream sandwiches, I believe we've got some suggestions from the community. Yeah, I've had a few people like messaging on social media and things like that. Matt Sutton was saying about people eating and sucking their fingers <laughs> like they think they're Brad Pitt or something, which is really nice because <laughs> he's talking about the fact that. Whenever Brad Pitt's on screen, he's always got some food in his hand and he's always eating. And he's really good at acting and eating at the same time. And so he said he hates it when people think they're Brad Pitt or something and they're just constantly like (laughs) sucking their fingers and eating and whatnot while they're talking to you. Which is a good point. If you're sucking your fingers, you haven't ordered enough food. Well, I I didn't know that was a thing. If I saw somebody sucking their fingers, I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't think they'd be channeling Brad Pitt. Well, no, it's just that, like, you know, if you've been eating something with your hands, I don't think they do it if you've been politely just eating something with a knife and fork and then you suck your fingers afterwards. I think, yeah, that's wow. just weird. Good point. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Haley williams Screet has put in saying, I was once called a dickhead by someone for eating a burger with a knife and fork. And quite a few other people mentioned a similar thing about pizzas. <laughs> just interesting that she was called a dickhead. I feel like it depends where you are. I feel like I'm not going to eat if, if, like, a McDonald's burger with a knife and fork. But if I'm, like, got something nice on and I'm in a nice place, I might decide to eat with a knife. I don't know. I think it just depends about where yeah, you are. Yeah, I mean... It depends as well. It also depends on how big the burger is. So if it's one of those ones that's got like bloody yeah. onion rings and everything in, it's really difficult to eat unless you do break it down a bit. The other point as well is about where you are. I once had a burger and chips um, at the Hotel de Cap Eden Rock in Antibes, and it was sixty-five pound for the burger and chips. And um, uh, the chips had truffle sprinkled shavings all sprinkled all over them. So I made sure I ate that with a knife and nice. fork because I didn't want to look like a dickhead. Yeah. Say what? For sixty-five pound for a burger, I wouldn't want any sodding pubes in it. <laughs> I'm pretty certain there were no pubes, <laughs> and if they were, if they were, then then they, they, they were like pubes covered in gold leaf. I, I find the whole <laughs> idea that using a knife and fork to eat something making you a dickhead really foreign. I just don't understand how that should be criticised. The only time that I've been criticised for that is at a Chinese, and it's when they want you to use chopsticks, but. I and mean, I can use chopsticks. I just prefer to use a knife and fork. I just think it's a superior design. I, I also think this. Like, I was traveling Asia for three months. So I was trying, I, I did use chopsticks when I could. I always think that I, um, I shovel too much in my mouth at once. I think I do have two larger bites. I think I need to have smaller bites. So probably chopsticks is the way to go for me. Yeah. So when you think about it, there's a few different angles to being a dickhead around food. Yeah. But recording a podcast that's overran just before lunchtime is where it's testing my patience. Yeah, I am hungry. I would eat eat anything now, even if it had like little spindly spiders legs poking outside of it. (laughs) I'm at that point. So um, on that disgusting note, I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. I've been Alex King. Remember, don't don't be a dickhead. dickhead.